the Mind for Life podcast. The Mind for Life podcast. Where your thinking can change your life. And now, here's your host, Jeff Bogazic. up everybody and welcome to the mind for life podcast where we talk with people about how they think about success failure challenges and obstacles in an effort to learn how we can think better ourselves in order to live better lives my name is jeff bogazic and i will be your host and i am so excited to introduce you to our guest today, and I will do that in just a few seconds. But first, I want to mention a couple of things. Please remember to stick around to the end of this interview. The entire purpose of this podcast is to see what we can learn from our guests about how we can transform our own lives. And at the end of the program, I give my top learning moments. Those are the things that I have learned from speaking with our guests, and I share those things with you. Second, I want to encourage you to click on over to our website, mindforlife.org, where you can access the show notes for this program. These notes include all the timestamps for the program, plus all the links to the things that our guests talk about, as well as my top learning moments. If you subscribe to our newsletter, I send those notes out to you in a PDF every week when our episode airs. So if you'd like to have those in your email, click on the Join Us button right on the top menu of our website. Finally, let me mention our sponsor for the show today, Bluehost.com. Bluehost is a leading web solutions service provider. They were founded in 2003. And they have continually innovated new ways to deliver on their mission to empower people to fully harness the web. They're based in Utah and they provide comprehensive tools to millions of users throughout the world. So anyone, novice or pro, can get on the web and thrive. If you're looking for a hosting solution for your website, blog, or podcast, click on the link at the bottom of our homepage at mindforlife.org. And let me say, we use Bluehost, and I am thrilled with their product and their service. Okay, let me introduce you to our guest today. His name is Jeet Banerjee. Jeet is a 24-year-old serial entrepreneur, digital marketing consultant, TEDx speaker, and best-selling author. Wow. Jeet has launched a handful of online ventures since becoming an entrepreneur and has sold two companies. In addition to this, Jeet mentors young entrepreneurs, gives back, speaks at events all over the world, and spends his time motivating others to pursue their dreams. All right, Jeet, great to have you on the show today. Thanks for coming on. Uh, We appreciate you being here. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure. All right. Well, tell us a little bit about what you're doing and what your passion in life is right now. Yeah, absolutely. So um, in simplest words, my passion in this world is I just want to change the world. And the way that I found the the ability that I think I have is to build businesses, solve problems and create innovations and to just disrupt markets. And I think that's my way of being able to achieve my ultimate purpose and passion, which is to change the world. And as of right now, I'm currently um, a serial entrepreneur. I'm 24 years old. I've uh, done a TEDx talk, um, also specifically focused around the topic of changing the world and 
chasing your dreams and things like that. Currently, I'm working on two companies specifically. I just sold a company uh, late last year. And right now, the two companies that I'm working on, one is focused on just building mobile applications. But rather than kind of being service-based, we're more um, in-house. So we just come up with ideas, cool games, cool ideas that we think are going to be valuable for the app market. And we just kind of launch them with our internal team. And the second company that I launched really very recently is actually an herbal and natural supplement brand. So really just taking um, all the benefits from nature, plants, flowers, trees, fruits, things like that, and creating all natural remedies for um, everyday issues. So really just an alternative to pharmaceutical medicine. Um, And so, yeah, that's kind of what I got going on. That's awesome. Now, you're 24 years old, man. You've accomplished a lot already. Uh, Tell us, if you would, what would you say has been the biggest key for you uh, to getting you to the place where you are now? What happened, and this podcast is about trying to get inside your brain and try to figure out how it is that someone like you does so much at 24 years old and other people at 24 are still trying to figure things out. What happened to you? What was the mental process or or how do you think about things like that that has kind of gotten you to the place where you are now? Yeah, definitely. I think it really came down to two things for me. I think one thing for me was um, kind of going through the process. I kind of went through the process of finding what I did like to do and didn't like to do in a career very young compared to like most people don't figure it out until their 20s. But my parents kind of told me at 15, 14, 15, like go get a job if you want to buy the latest video games or whatever it is. Uh-huh. So I've taken an array of different jobs, I think 12 jobs over a span of two and a half years. And every job was either I was either quitting or getting fired from. And here I was like 16 years old, unemployable and working like 10 to 20 hours max a week. So something was wrong. And I had this whole big idea and big dream. Oh, I'm going to go to college, uh, get a business degree and be a corporate hotshot. But I couldn't work a job for like four hours on a Wednesday. So how was I going to do nine to five every single day? And that's when it really hit me like I need to make a change right now. Otherwise, I'm going to make a big mistake. So I really just started to like Google and research the problem that I was having. And that's when I came across this idea of like entrepreneurship. And one of the first videos I watched was of like Richard Branson talking about how he felt he was unemployable. And I related so much to that. And that's when I realized, okay, entrepreneurship is what I need to pursue. But um, most people, I feel like, oftentimes think that when you have like a big idea or a big dream, you got to find the perfect timing and the perfect situation to go do it. But the second thing that I think really helped me is that I'm extremely impatient. doesn't matter if I'm waiting in line or whatever it is. I want everything now. And for once in my life, that impatience actually paid off big time because here I was 17 years old in high school and I just said, doesn't matter if I have, don't have experience, money, or anything else. I like this. This seems cool. I'm going to go out and do it. And that's what really propelled me just to go out, learn from experience, and just to be able to um, get a taste of the real world of entrepreneurship just by doing it. Uh, you tell that story in your TED Talk, and I think it was. I think your TED Talk is great, by the way. And I'm going to just encourage our audience: if you don't get, it, if you get a chance, please just Google Jeet Banerjee TEDx Talk and take a listen to what he has to say. But one of the things you talk about in that TED Talk is something I think a lot of people go through, and this, this is kind of this fear that you're not worthy or that no one will put their trust in you. And you talk about in that TED Talk with your first client, right, Mm -hmm. of 
going in, meeting this person and, and kind of going through that situation. Take us through that. What was going on in your mind? How did you overcome that, that kind of like questioning your confidence in yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So um, one of the first clients, um, basically like how I say it, to, uh, what I say in my TED talk is he was like a real estate guy, had a real estate firm and I got a meeting with him and we had only spoken on the phone and I was about 17 years old at this time. But what was worse was I actually looked like I was 12 or 13 because right. I was like super short and pimples all over the face and haven't really fully developed yet. So um, going into the process, I had a little bit of nerves, but I was like, oh, nah, it's going to be OK. Like, I'm confident. I got this like kind of like hyping myself up in my mind. So I was like, no problem. So I drive over there. I head into his office. And as soon as I kind of open up uh, the door, I just see like kind of everybody staring at me like, oh, man, who is this guy? Like they've never seen someone walking in for a meeting. And immediately after the first question I get asked in there is, hey, like, are you lost? Are you looking for your father? Does he work <laughs> for something like that? And at that moment, every piece of confidence, every piece of uh, motivation that I had just went right out the door. I froze and I literally just walked out the door, got in my car and drove home as quickly as possible without ever saying hi to Ken, meeting Ken. That or was going it. Any of that process. That was it. Like I was like, like it was the worst feeling that I've ever felt inside of me. Um, like it's like pretty much getting dumped by like the prettiest girl in the world. Like that's right. how I felt. And, um, so it was a big, big challenge. And that was the first time where I was like, Oh wait, maybe I do need to be patient. Maybe I do need to make a, uh, a change and maybe everyone's right. You should just wait until you're older and you're more experienced and you're taller and whatever to go out and pursue your dreams. But, um, and then I ended up kind of putting my dreams on pause for like a few weeks or so, but I just kept having this itch, something just inside of me just kept on itching and ticking and just like, man, that can't be it. Like I've got to give it another go. And eventually again, like my, um, it just kicked in and I was like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna try again. Like I can't let this stop me. And biggest thing for me is I've always been very, very competitive person throughout my whole life, whether it was like playing a game of chess or whatever it was and kind of like that competitive itch kicked in for me where I was like, no, this is not how I'm going down. Like, I know I can do better. And after that, I just kind of got the confidence and ran with it. Wow. How do you, uh, like the next time, did you, the next time when you were kind of like in that situation where you were, okay, you putting yourself out there again, how did you overcome, you know, like that, that, that when you get into a situation like the first time, right. Uh, I don't know if you would consider that a, a huge failure or whatever in your life, but you know, for a lot of people, that thing can kind of shelve them, you know, put them on the shelf for good. And they just so I don't know, I'm never going to be ready. What is it that kind of propelled you to be able to say, you know what, that happened, but that's not going to define me going forward? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I think the biggest thing for me was I really sat down and I really started analyzing what was the problem. Right. And I was thinking, okay, man, I'm too young. That's why I'm not doing this. But then I thought about it and I was like, why is being young um, necessarily a liability and why can't it be an asset? Right. And once I changed my perception on what I thought the issue at hand was, um, that's what changed it all for me because now I was going into meetings embracing the fact that I was young. I'd go in and be like, look, you're pro I'm probably not what you expected. I know I'm a lot younger than all the other pitches you're getting, but let me tell you why I'm positioned to help your company better than everybody else that's in an older age group. And I kind of used the fact that while people had to learn social media, I kind of grew up with social media. This was something that was um, 
um, part of my life every day. So when I'm um, pitching clients on web design, web development, and helping them grow their businesses online, that's kind of the pitch and perspective that I used. So it was really just a personal shift in perspective within my own mind. And once I had kind of shifted it in my own mind and I believed it, it was very easy to convey it to clients and clients saw that and immediately um, I was getting I was getting more business, I was getting more recognition and my business started growing from there. Yeah, it's a great point when you think about what you might consider your biggest liability, what you might consider your biggest obstacle can ultimately be turned around to be one of your greatest assets. And you talk about that, and it's a great point. When you think, oh, man, this this really is the thing that's going to hinder me, how can you reframe that and turn that into something that really can be a huge benefit in your life? And, and you did that with your youth. So that's pretty awesome, man. I appreciate that. Would you say that that situation was your biggest failure? I mean, you're 24, right? You've You've... Uh, you've done a lot, but have you had any huge, huge failures in life uh, outside of that? Um, yeah, absolutely. I think I think I've definitely had um, other significant failures. Like for example, when I was I think around nineteen twenty, I launched another company, and um, that completely com- company completely failed. Um, so that was kind of like a big failure, and it was also like a big kind of lesson because at that time I was trying to juggle too many things at one time. And, um, the failure for that company was more so the fact that I just couldn't give it enough time and attention because I was trying to start up like two, three companies at the same time while trying to go to school. And, um, that was kind of like my first lesson of like learning to say no, learning to prioritize certain things and learning the art of valuing your own time and balancing things, but not overworking yourself and burning out. So, um, definitely had, um, numerous other failures along the way. But I think the biggest thing to, for me with failures is that I've always looked at failures as an event um, and not as a definition of who I am because I can do something and I can fall and fail, let's say, on Monday at 7 p.m. If I give up and never get back up and I just let that go, then I'm allowing failure to define me. But if I brush my shoulders off the next morning at, on Tuesday at 8 in the morning and I say, okay, this is what happened. Here's how I can come back better. Um, then failure isn't defining me. It's just something that happened and it's not going to define me because I'm getting back up and I'm giving it a shot. And the biggest thing that I've learned with the business world specifically that I could share with your audience is that um, you can fail a thousand times, but people won't remember you as long as you get back up every single time because in business, you really only have to be right once. You figure out one secret, one um, go-to for your business and that's what you'll be remembered for for the rest of the life. People won't care that you failed a thousand times because people honestly won't remember or even know. So that's kind of my, my take on failure specifically. It's funny because we remember our failures probably, just like you said, a lot more than everyone else. And mm-hmm. those failures that limit us or that hinder us are really just internally imposed upon us by ourselves, right? And like you just said, no, not everybody else remembers your failures as much as you do. And if we allow those things to define us, they, they can be huge. So for you to be able to say, hey, that's not going to define me. That's something that happened that I'm going to be able to move beyond. I think that's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, let me ask you this question. When we talk with people on on this podcast, one of the questions that we ask everyone is, how do you define success? And the reason why 
uh, I ask that is because a lot of people pursue these things in life, and a lot of times we find people that are walking down a path, and when they get to the end, when they arrive at the destination, they many times look back and go, boy, I don't know if this is what I really wanted. So when you talk about success in life, what does that mean for you? Yeah, absolutely. So I think success to me is about uh, having the freedom to do whatever it is that I want to do. And the biggest thing that I've realized is that over time, my goals and my wants and my desires and even some of my needs have changed. Mm -hmm. So early on when I first started, I thought that like I had one definition of success. And that definition in the beginning was, I just want to make as much money as possible. And if I make a lot of money and I'm a millionaire, it's going to be the best thing in the world. And that's going to make me successful. And then a few years passed by and there were some companies that were doing very well. I was making a lot of money, but something was missing. I didn't have that purpose or that passion necessarily. And then I quickly realized, oh man, my whole definition of success just changed. And even though I've only been in the entrepreneurship game for seven years, I feel like I don't have an exact answer for what success is at this point to me. But I just know it's like kind of like almost an ever-changing thing where year to year, a few years from now, things are changing. But the one thing that I've realized that has almost been constant throughout the last seven years is that success to me is just having the freedom to do whatever the heck it is that I want to do. Right. Like five years from now, who knows? I might not even be an entrepreneur. Maybe I decide to be a backpacker and just travel the world. Right. But that's what makes me happy. That's what I want at that moment in my life. And I have the ability to do it. I'm successful because I've got that freedom. And that's the real, real definition of success to me um, personally. Right. It's pretty cool that you've been able to like move beyond this mentality of having to possess something to be successful and more. And it's more for you about and tell me if I'm wrong when I say this. It's more about having the freedom to be able to pursue your dreams right? That the success for you is to be able to have the freedom to pursue. And it's not necessarily about money or possessions or whatever, but if you want to pursue entrepreneurship, you have the freedom to do that. If you want to pursue backpacking or traveling or whatever, you have the freedom to do that. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. You ba you basically nailed it. And I mean, like, obviously there's some things that entail freedom. Obviously, like if I wanted to travel the world, I obviously need some sort of money to be able to do that. Right. Obviously to not have certain responsibilities things like that. But I think, I think, um, creating all the elements that go into freedom is, um, extremely important to me. And that's kind of how I look at it rather than like you mentioned, looking at the material things like, Oh, I want $5 million or I want Rolls Royce parked outside, whatever it is, all that stuff doesn't matter to me. It's just more about what do I need to do to have the freedom to do whatever it is I want to do. Like, let's say I want to just go out and just do charitable ventures and not make a single dollar. So I have to have some kind of financial backing and other types of support, whether it's mentorship, friends, whatever it is to make that happen. And that's that's really what success comes down to me in um, life. And I think as long as I'm able to pursue whatever it is that I want to do at any point, um, I think I'll have lived a successful life. What would you say is the biggest obstacle or challenge that you're facing right now in your life? Yeah, definitely. I think the biggest um, challenge that I'm facing right now is has to do with the distractions. So I feel like um, it's because basically after I graduated from high school, uh, went to college, um, a lot of my friends, a lot of my close group of friends, stuff like that, they kind of went their separate ways. And I also made a lot of sacrifices, not going out to parties, not being as social, things like that to work and build on my businesses. 
But I think um, as of late, specifically, I've had some friends come back from uh, out of the country after going to college and things like that. So one of the biggest things that I've been dealing with is that because my friends group and my social group is so very different than I am, at least in my close proximity of where I live, that it's sometimes very hard to keep my laser focused and to keep motivated on what I'm doing because their beliefs, their approaches and everything that they do is so different, whether it's like the scheduling, you know, like they're free by five o'clock. But for me, five to seven or five to eight is like prime time. I've got so much going on because that's the first time that the day is over so I can actually focus on the things that I need to get done. Right. Um, that's been a big challenge for me as of late is just kind of like dealing with the distractions and being able to um, kind of balance the business and the social life. Have you tried like any uh, resources or something like that to maybe prioritize or schedule your time? Um, not, I wouldn't say like a reason. Well, I read some articles and like watched some videos and stuff. And one of the best things or one of the best suggestions that I got that I believe to this point was to really just pre-plan your week and to uh, set yeah. up certain dates and certain times and just to like have everything on an outline and kind of follow that as a routine. So I've kind of been given that a shot since last week and that's definitely helped a lot more. So that's been good. Uh, this that same kind of concept has come up on multiple uh, interviews that have I that I've had with people. Uh, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So when you talk about pre-planning your week, setting your schedule, uh, because you don't want other people controlling your agenda, you want to be able to control your own agenda and focus it around what you want to get done. That's awesome, man. Tell us about a project or a cause that you are really passionate about right now uh, and where our listeners can either get involved with that or find out some more information. Yeah, absolutely. So um, like the big cause that I'm actually like a big believer in right now is basically has to do with the natural supplements company that we launched. It's okay. called Ahana Nutrition. And basically- It's called, uh, what did you say it was? It's called Ahana Nutrition. So A-H-A-N-A nutrition.com. And um, Ahana actually, begin, it's a Hindi word. And what that word means is like really bringing out the best inside of you, like your inner self. Uh-huh. And um, this whole idea for this company actually came about because I had- uh, um, some sick family members that were taking a lot of medications, a lot of pharmaceutical medications, things like that. And um, while these medications were supposed to be making them better, they were getting worse and worse and developing even more problems from side effects and liver damage and all this kind of stuff. So on their behalf, I decided, you know what, I'm going to go out and do some research and see like what else is out there because I don't think um, these pharmaceutical medications are doing it. So I kind of came across this whole world of like almost like holistic um, remedies, remedies that come straight from nature and all that stuff. So I had this family member try some of these products and unbelievably within three to four months of her taking these products, she was starting to feel better than she had ever felt before. And she's, I believe, like 72 years old and she was able to walk again. Um, her memory and a lot of other things were coming back into focus. Wow. And then just like wow this is incredible so then I started going in dive diving in deep and doing more research and just to give you guys like an example of like some of the products that we have like for example um, a lot of people suffer with indigestion like bloating acid reflux all this kind of stuff so if you take like Pepto-Bismol or Tums consistently every day for example because you're suffering from that issue you're gonna develop so much like liver damage over like a period of three to four years that you can have kidney failure liver failure all this kind of stuff 
Now, you go out in nature, there's actually a plant called dandelion root. It's like those dandelions that you blow on them and the right. white feathers yeah. go everywhere. So basically, you can take that product straight from there and um, create it into a compound that chemicalizes into a capsule. Uh-huh. And you take that capsule. It's completely all natural. It'll help you with the digestion, bloating, all that stuff. But it will cause no side effects whatsoever. Uh-huh. So it completely eliminates the side effects and the difference in price from like Tums or Maalox or whatever it might be like three to four dollars. Right. So, so that's kind of been like my big passion and my big um, big um, project that I've been working on is I'm just trying to create great awareness because I know there's a ton of people out there, mm-hmm. whether it's for diabetes or this or that, that are taking so many pharmaceutical medications. But um, my big suggestion is um, not even trying to make it a promotion of my company, but is to look up what natural remedies are out there. And try everything natural first, and if that doesn't work, then go to pharmaceutical uh, products rather than kind of doing the inverse that many people have been doing for years. Yeah, it's interesting to me, and maybe you can comment on this a little bit, because a lot of people um, would say, yeah, I'm going to try to find a solution to a problem. Like, you know, you look at your your family members who are taking these pharmaceuticals and they're having difficulties, and you say, I'm going to do some research on them. But why is it that you decide— when other people don't, I'm going to see if I can turn this into a business. Do you have any idea why, wh- how does your, how, how your brain operates to be able to say, let, let me try to, let me try to turn this into something that can help more people rather than, oh, let me see where I can find out where to buy the product. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So for me, um, the biggest thing I think throughout my life has been like, I feel like um, just from hanging out with friends, family members, stuff like that, people will have a problem and they'll be like, man, this, this thing sucks. I hate it. I'm never going to use it again. That's kind of how they react towards something, right? But then to me, I'd look at something and I'd be like, man, this is so frustrating. I really don't like the way that it works. How can I make this better? Right. Like, I constantly, like, my mind just works in that way where anytime I see a problem or something that's happening, my mind is constantly trying to figure out, dang, like, what's the solution to make this better? Mm-hmm. But I just think that too many people are kind of, like, very complacent where they just go, man, this sucks, and they just kind of dump it rather than thinking, like, how can I make this better? And that's just kind of really been my approach um, ever since I can remember, since I was like a little kid. I don't know if it's just kind of how I was wired or what it is, but that's just the way that my mind works. And I notice like I have a lot of friends and stuff, like they'll have a problem and they'll kind of like come to me with their problem. So like, I guess I'm like that problem solver, like when it comes to everything, because right. I just hate to, I just hate to like look at something and be like, oh, it's broken or I can't fix it or I don't know what to do or I don't want to do anything like I automatically want to go above and beyond and see how to solve things. That's pretty cool because uh, that's not typical, you know. It's not typical, especially for twenty-four-year-old people. Twenty-four-year-old and people are really um, easy to complain and less uh, less likely to try to figure out how to solve problems. I, I remember hearing this from someone, maybe you heard the same thing, but someone said, when you go through your day, keep a piece of paper around you and everything that sucks in your day, write it down. Mm-hmm. Just this sucks and this is bad and I hate this. And and then at the end of the day, take a look at that list and say, what are some things that maybe I can do to make that better? And then to turn that into some type of a business that would help other people. So that's pretty cool that you think that way, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's funny that you bring up the paper thing because I pretty much do the same thing, but I have like a notepad on my phone. So like oh, anytime yeah. I have a problem or issue, I just kind of write it down. That's pretty awesome, man. 
Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, man, we've loved having you on the program today. Uh, tell our listeners more about some of your businesses, where we can find you online, and maybe uh, one of your top books or a resource or something like that uh, that our listeners can uh, get a hold of as well. Yeah, absolutely. So the best way to get in touch with me is my personal website. I actually write a blog, share a ton of information about my experiences and all that stuff. So it might be real cool, free information for your audience. Uh, my personal website is jeepbanerjee.com, which is my first and last name. And on that website, you guys can take a look at the companies I'm working on, the projects I've got going on and all that good stuff. Um, and in terms of like a really good helpful resource or something like that, um, it's not out yet, but I'm actually working on creating almost like an academy or an alternative to college and universities and really targeting people that want to start businesses. So really curating and um, putting together a ton of different business models and business ideas. And it's just basically like taking a lecture course on many different business models. And that's going to be called the income incubator. Uh, should be coming out around the end of August, but that's something that definitely your audience or anyone that's especially interested in creating a business uh, can absolutely check out. The Income Incubator. Yep. All right. You're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and all of those things as well. Yep. And they can find my handles on my uh, website on as well. Website. We'll put all of that stuff in the show notes as well as links back to Jeet's blog and the pages that he mentioned as well. Uh, hey, Jeet, thanks so much, man, for being here today. It's been great yeah. to have you. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate all the information that you've given to our audience. Yep, absolutely. All right. What a great interview with Jeet. And now I want to share my top learning moments, the things that I learned from speaking with him. The first thing was there is no best time to start to pursue your dreams. Sometimes we get sidelined waiting for the right convergence of circumstances uh, or waiting for the right situations to begin, but there never will be a perfect time. Rather, we should just learn how to get started. And for Jeet, impatience, though we often think of it as a negative, was a benefit for him. It was a good thing because it pushed him out and moved him down the road towards the things that he wanted to pursue in life. So don't wait for some perfect time to begin moving in the direction that you want to go. Number two, think about your apparent liabilities and learn how to transform those things into an asset. For Jeet, it was looking at his youth and thinking of that as a liability, what would be something that would prevent him from accomplishing his goals, and rather he learned to turn that liability into an asset. We get sidelined oftentimes in our own lives by our own perceived liabilities, the things that we have in our life that we think will hinder us. So it's important to learn how to turn those things around, to take those liabilities and turn them into assets, to take the negative and turn it into a positive. Third, one of the things that seems to be a consistent theme and my interviews with people, is to learn how to look at failure, not as something that defines who we are as a person, but rather to look at failure as an event, as one step in the journey, and to learn how to fail forward, to not allow the failures to define us and to become a part of who we are, but rather to look at them as simple circumstances in our life that we move beyond. Finally, the thing that was impressive to me about Jeet was his 
Transparency in recognizing the distractions that come upon us in our life. We all have distractions. We all have things that are vying for our attention. And if we want to accomplish something, we need to learn how to be able to focus in on the things that are really important in life. And that may be different for different people. We need to learn to understand what's really important and to laser focus our attention on those things. As Benjamin Franklin said, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And if you're looking for a plan or a template to get you moving down that road, finding out the things that are important, setting aside your values, setting up your goals, and moving your habits in that direction, we have one for you, a personal development plan template. Go to the show notes for this program, mindforlife.org forward slash zero one nine. And you can get the show notes as well as clicking on the link to get a free personal development plan. All right, that's all for today. If you would, please remember to subscribe to the Mind for Life podcast on iTunes. And if you found this episode to be beneficial, share it with a friend. Thanks so much for listening today, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you.